everyone. Welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Gigi. I'm Liesl. And I'm Lily. So, Liesl, you have told us little bits of information here and there about a certain goal of yours in the year of 2020. And I hear you have updates. I do have a progress update on my dancing. Um, It was a New Year's resolution at the beginning of this year that I really wanted to improve my dance ability, just, you know, grind a little bit harder in that category of my life, just for my own personal um, growth and well-being um, and happiness, because I feel like dancing is such a happy activity. So I, I wanted to integrate that more into my life. And I have made a big step in the right direction, in my opinion, which is that I learned some hip hop choreography. Like I actually, you know, went not a workout dance thing, but actual hip hop choreography of the one and only, well, she didn't choreograph it, but whatever, um, Charlie D'Amelio. She like hosted some interesting sort of like dance like session. I think it was live. So people maybe paid and like she had like these, you know, choreographers, like dance teachers teach these classes. So she's in it. And the say so girl is also in it. It was like five girls and then there were different classes. So they did like jazz, they did like contemporary and they did hip hop. And basically, so it's like a real legitimate dance class, um, but it's just a YouTube video. And I think that someone probably illegally uploaded it, but if you're interested in trying it out, it's called Break the Floor. So if you just look up like Break the Floor Hip Hop, it will probably come up. And what um, what song did you dance to? It is some sort of Cardi B song, um, I think. I hope I'm not familiar with the song and I actually neglected to like Shazam it or anything, but I can let you know for sure. Um, But like, I, I really get the sense that this is a difficult hip hop combo. Um, I spent two hours learning it. According to my Fitbit, I've earned 600 calories, which obviously, obviously calories don't matter. um, And like, who cares? But that is a lot comparatively to like, if I go on a run or like do any other type of at-home workout, like your Fitbit saying 600 calories is quite a few calories. Um, But I had, I had a total blast. I had so much fun. And, you know, I've been practicing the choreo since I initially learned it. And I'm hoping to practice it a little bit more to get to the point where I'm comfortable like filming it or maybe showing it to others. But I, I truly think this is such a good step in the right direction. And something that without COVID, I'm not sure that I would have had this same opportunity. Like I'm sure there, there are virtual dance classes, but like I would have been so intimidated to go to an in-person dance class. Like I know in LA, there's like a lot of dance studios that you can go to that will just have like open classes. Like you just sign up and then you just learn the choreography with all of these, you know, wannabe professional dancers and people. Like I would have been so intimidated to do that. And I wish that we didn't have COVID, of course, so that I could actually go to one of these classes and like try it out in person. But I feel like doing it by myself at home was so helpful in in showing me the ropes of like how actual dancers learn the choreography in a class and how they like build upon it and how you go back and practice sections, then you do it with the music. And, you know, I'm just really excited to see where my dance journey takes me. And I can't wait to be a backup dancer for Beyonce one day. Well, I also have some thoughts on the topic of dancing. I've actually had a couple of conversations in the recent past within the last like couple of days related to dancing and how like all I want to do 
in COVID or like in life is dance. And unfortunately during COVID, the only opportunity that I have to dance is alone in my room by myself, which of course is great and fun and like highly recommend. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, I think this is an activity that more people need to get on, but it's just so sad and heart-wrenching that like there is no dancing with others really at least in my life there is no dancing with others there is no music event there is no music festival there is no appreciation and self-expression through the body for music during this time and i'm just reaching my breaking point with it it has been too many months and like i am really um mentally emotionally physically struggling with it Definitely. And Gigi, like more towards the beginning of the actual quarantine, like we were having like daily dance battles, free dance, um, solos, a lot of that sort of behavior every day. But it gets old at a certain point of just dancing in your living room, you know, to the same old songs, same old stuff. I do also as part of my, you know, dance training, um, I try to wake up every morning and listen to some music while I'm doing my morning routine and just, you know, pump out a few, a few moves. So that's something I would highly recommend to my fellow um, dance wannabes that just like throw on some music when you're getting ready, whenever you're doing some other activity or cleaning, you're doing whatever, just throw on some music and just feel the beat because the beat is the number one thing with dancing. Well, as um, a not dance wannabe, because opposite of these two, I'm a horrible dancer and I don't enjoy it. It makes me stressed and worried because I can't do it. Um, I've had a few times that I have been forced to dance, one of which I was reminded of via Snapchat memories a few days ago, which was two years ago. I took a dance class here at my university and a requirement for this dance class was to go to take an outside class, similarly to what you were talking about, Liesl, when like you just show up to a class open to the public, and it was for a unique style of dance, so you got your pick. I chose pole dancing, and I was I completely forgot this happened and was reminded on my Snapchat stories that I drove through the state of Wisconsin to a pole dancing studio in the back of a strip mall, and me and four of my friends tried our hand at pole dancing. Now, I think that I'm terrible at all dancing, but I'm especially terrible at pole dancing because of the core strength it takes that I just do not have. Um, I would also think the upper body strength. Yeah, There's just so much strength on the whole body that I don't have for that. And coordination, don't have that either. Um, And I was just reminded that I had to do this, which is absolutely hilarious because I can't dance. I also feel like another element to pole dancing that is obvious is like the sexy element. And it's like, how do you even begin? Like, I feel like this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs with sexy element at the top of like, how on earth do I get to the sexy element (laughs) if I can't even do the core strength? If I can't even have the coordination, if I can't even do those basic things, I can't get to the top of the pyramid. No, but I think that some people do have the ability to to jump the pyramid and, like, get to the top and be sexy, just, like, even if they're not good at the actual pole dancing. Like, they I can guess. just find a way to, like, you know, snake around it um, and just, like, make it look like, you know, they're being sexy without actually doing the pole dancing. 
Um, but Gigi, I completely agree that like, I imagine if I were to ever try my hand in the dancing of the pole, um, I would just be caught up in like all of the details, you know? Right. And that's, that's another thing with my dance journey is I feel like I'm getting more to the point where I can get the choreography down. I can get some moves going. My face, my facial expressions, like literally so ugly, like terrible, so focused. And I, I remember when Gigi used to like do little dances as a kid, oftentimes she would stick her tongue out for the coordination of dance. And like, I feel like I was probably a bit of a bully about that and was like, Gigi, like do like a normal face. But it's so hard to do a good face when you're also trying to be coordinated and dance. And that is why those little girls on Dance Moms, like looking back, like they were literally just killing it. You know, to be fair, I don't really remember having a dance face. I mean, I remember like sticking my tongue out as a child when I was trying to focus, but like never when dancing. So my memory does not align with yours personally, but this brings up something a little unrelated, gamer face. I am not that familiar with gamer face because I'm not that much of a gamer girl, but even the other day I was playing Tiny Wings. We're familiar. Of course. And supposedly I had a funny gamer face and I'm like, I had no idea I was making a face. Yeah. And that circles back to me just like never knowing when I'm making a face ever. So I feel like you can relate to what it feels like to be me all the time when, you know, you have gamer face and you don't know it when you're sticking your tongue out and you don't even know it. Like that's, that's literally how I walk through this world. Like I just don't know what I look like. Right. So for today's episode, we are doing something a little bit more unconventional as far as the structure. We are doing, I don't know exactly what we're calling this, but I guess trivia about each other, question mark. We are, yes, Liesl, do you have a a good? I think it's like, how well do we know each other? How well do we know each other? Sure. And of course, the three of us do know each other quite well and I think that is what will make this um this game a little fun and we'll just see what kind of stories and what kind of things come out of this so we will be doing five rounds one question for each of us for each round we will then have a sixth bonus question for each of us and we will do a point system with Liesl as our um game quiz master is that what we're calling you i am the quiz master general um this is inspired by the postmaster general um king of the post office so i am queen of the quizzes okay lovely yeah so i guess we will get right into it if there are no other thoughts or feelings that you have to share no no other question no other thoughts no other feelings um so i think that Gigi. We can start with you and your question. The way that as quiz master, we will be doing this is Gigi as the one asking the question about herself will award a point to either Lily or myself and we will go around and do it in that same system. Now, if Lily and I both have an equally valid response, then Gigi is allowed to award both of us a point. Um, or neither of us a point if we really just completely miss the mark. But I think that most rounds we will choose one person. Okay. And my question is, 
succession of um, who gets to answer. How is that being chosen? That is just jump in. Oh, it's just jump in. Cor- Cor- wow. Corbin Blue, jump in. Both people get to respond, but just, and so you might award a point because someone just got there first. Okay, sure. All right, so this first question, I'm going to just have a little intro, a little explanation for before I just come right out and ask it. So obviously, myself, Liesl, Lily, we all spent a lot of time together throughout our whole lifetimes. We oftentimes like to come around food. Restaurants, eating, it is one of our favorite activities. So as children, we would also go to eat at restaurants. And my question for both of you is, did I have a favorite restaurant as a child? Yes. You tell me what it is. Wow. Okay, I'll, I'll just go with what's in my heart, um, which is CPK. Now, I don't think this is right at all. I think this is wrong. But it is just what first popped into my head. And their kids menu pops off. Um, I can say with confidence that we have all ordered off of the kids menu as adults. Um, CPK, it's, it's a place for birthdays. It's a place for... Um, our elementary school fundraiser nights, like literally the CBK in our neighborhood is so f- just overflowing with memories that and nostalgia and just the smells, the waitresses, the waiters, the pizza makers, the professionals, the host, the hostesses, the outdoor seating, the indoor seating, the friends, the family, the fun. It is unparalleled to any other establishment. And I think we probably ate there at least once a week. So that's my answer. Okay, All right, Lily. I I see that. I thought about that for a moment. But that feels a little generic. Like a, a lots of kids' favorite restaurants are CBK. So I'm choosing to go with a unique answer, which similarly to Liesl, I don't think this is right, but maybe it is. And it just feels a little more tailored to you than say CBK, which could be any child on the face of the planet. I'm going to go with a particular Asian restaurant in the Pacific Palisades called Pearl Dragon because it reminds me of you as a child. And I don't think it's right, but I have very strong memories of us being there and then getting ice cream afterwards at the ice cream shop behind it. And that feels like my answer, but yes, I stand by it. That is my answer. Lily, I think you're spot on. Like, I'm so jealous. Lily is spot on. I would like to say, Liesl, I commend your answer, but I, uh, Pearl Dragon is the correct answer. That is what I wanted in my heart, in my head, in my soul. And particularly because all three of us have many fond memories of that restaurant as children. Like I would have, I, I, part of me is like, this is why I asked this question because I was like, we've all shared this experience and it is somewhere in your, in your memory that like, this would be the correct answer. So it's not completely unreasonable for me to be like, oh, this is such a hard question. You know what I'm saying? I feel very proud of myself. That was, that was a good question. And I agree. Like, When I think of my childhood, a big part of that is being in my soccer uniform and being at the hostess stand waiting to get a table and rubbing the Buddha belly, which my mom always told me is very good luck. And I feel like like everyone that went to that restaurant 
there's like a huge Buddha statue, everyone would give the tummy a little rub. Okay, beautiful. So Lily, um, now it's your round one question. Um, you have one point. Okay, my question for you both is, what is my favorite feature about myself? Physical or emotional? You can answer however you see fit. What do you think I would say? I'm, mm, I think that Lily's best physical feature, in my opinion, is her eyes and eyelashes. I don't know that this is what she would say about herself, but that's what I'm going to, mm, it's either that or her butt. She has a great butt, really, really great. And now that she's laughing at that, I don't think that's right. So I'm going to go with Lily's beautiful eyes. Okay, I feel really um, bamboozled by the fact that you won't tell us if it is a physical trait or a, or a mental emotional trait because it's so vastly different. But I'm going to take the route of your favorite thing about yourself is um, how like friendly and nice you are. Okay, Liesl gets the point. We'll start with that. So if I were to answer this question, I would. I have two. The first one is my eyelashes, and the yeah, second one. I do, I, the second Liesl said the eyelashes. I was like, that is, that is, that is the answer. The reason I did this question was because the second one is something that's weird and unique, which is that I would have said my feet because I think I have such nice feet, and I think people with ugly feet freak me out, and so that is something that I've made a point to always point out my pedicured toes and nice straight feet that is that is true lily i do know you to have um nice and pretty feet so good answers from both of you thank you that made me feel really good um but yes Liesl, you get the point okay great and for my question i actually wasn't going to choose this one but it is so similar to lily's that i decided that i would throw it into this round which is what is one of my biggest physical insecurities or something I don't like about my physical? Oh, I have it. Double chin. Okay. Interesting. Lily? Well, I was going to say the angle that with the taking pictures, but I didn't, I'm not going to specifically attribute that to the double chin, but I think my answer is really similar to Gigi, but mine was just like being filmed or photographed from a certain angle. And I would like to say that I, I have my answer because Liesl has educated me about the magic of Kybella, which is this magic thing that dissolves the fat of the chin area, which I just don't know how we have created this substance, this magic. And Liesl was the one to tell me about it. Okay, so I'm not going to award any points for this round because this is not what I was thinking of. My number one biggest physical insecurity is my hands. I don't like my hands. I even the other day said to Gigi how wrinkly and gross my hands are. I've always hated my fingers. I do not think that they are beautiful and long and elegant um, as well. Like, okay, if, if Gigi had said, you know, double chin and Lily had said like, feet or something eyes or just something completely different then I would give Gigi the point because that is a valid insecurity but because Lily kind of said the same thing I'm not going to award either of you a point because you basically said the same thing 
Um, and it wasn't feels, what I was that thinking. Feel, listen, I will say, I know you are quiz master general, but I have zero points right now. And I think that I should get that point, but I'll let you make the call. I just think I'm being snaked out of a point that I deserve. Okay, well, I will Not say that, that taking the point away from Gigi just because I said it, that is a little unfair to her. But obviously, like, I'm trying to win. Take the point away. If you're going to take the point away, great decision. But I also did not know this thing about your hands at all. And that's very interesting. I don't like my fingers either. So we have that in common. Liesl, I did know this about you. But, like, and yes, you mentioned to me how wrinkly your hands were the other day. But to me, that it just does not register as like a your biggest inse- physical insecurity. Listen, I'm not here to make make friends. Like if I need to throw anyone under the bus at any point, I will. And I chose questions that are intentionally challenging. So I didn't. Girls- I I didn't. So that's fine. That's fine. That, it's just a different way to play this game. But um, let's move on to the next round. We will go in the same order once again. Gigi, what is your next question? See, so like this is another one where this is more more for the ride. It's more for the journey of the question than okay. for the points. That's, that's um, not about, all about the points. Would I go to my high school reunion? I would say yes. My immediate answer is to say yes as well, but I have commentary, Liesl. I'm sorry if I just cut you off. So, okay, okay. what I need need to assess if I'm awarding a point is further elaboration. Okay. Um, I think that that Gigi is definitely the type of person who um, would be intrigued to see how people are doing and get an update, especially on you know, the people who are a little bit more random and peripheral from high school. We went to a pretty big high school. So there's, there's a lot of people that you just don't keep in touch with. There's a lot of people you don't follow on Instagram or they unfollowed you, you know, on graduation day, and then you had to unfollow them back. So it, a high school reunion is just too interesting and fascinating of an energy for Gigi to turn down, in my opinion. Okay, so I agree with everything Liesl said. I also know that I'm the type who will be going to my high school graduation and I'm not going alone. So naturally you're coming Oh, your graduation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to that. I mean, for your (laughs) dad. Thank you. So you will be going because you'll be coming with me because I'm not going by myself. But yes, but I need to take a different stance on this just... I don't know, for kicks, is in high school one time, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but the two of us were with another friend of ours, and I said something about a reunion, and you both said, I will not be going to the reunion, but I have a hard time sticking with this no, because I do agree with everything Liesl said, and I think you're the type to, but I'm going to say no, you're not going to go, because one time in high school, you told me that you would not go, and I want to take a different stance, because that's fun. Okay, I do appreciate that. And I did say, you know, this question was more about the journey than anything else. But I will be awarding the point to Liesl. I have no memory of ever saying that I wouldn't go. But like, I guess maybe I could have at one point said that. I think the people watching capacity of that kind of event is so, so powerful that I just couldn't turn it down. You know, it's just, you need to like check in and see what the F is up with some of these people. But I would argue, like, I don't even know if, like, high school reunions are still 
happening or functioning the same way that I feel like they did for like our parents' generation. Like, I don't know if they're really doing them and like fully doing them because there is like Facebook or whatever that that can kind of like half-ass some of those connections. Yeah. And I also do remember in high school, um, some people tried to set up elementary school reunions um, yeah, like, I don't know if this was, like, a thing in your grade. I feel like it was. I feel like- Hell, I remember no. this. No, no but, I remember no, this. Lily, Lily, people tried to set these up. Like, for example, Marquez. I feel like everyone was, like, oh, my God, like, yeah, I went to Marquez, and, you know, kids go off to different schools. Like, they don't necessarily follow the, the, the track the way they should, and so they would- like one it's like the moms it's like the, it's like it's like the moms coming together or like moms or like that or like one kid would set up like a facebook you know group or event and be like marquez reunion or like canyon reunion or like whatever of like a an elementary school especially because some people do go off to different schools but I always thought that that was so cringy and weird like especially because it would end up being like nine people in someone's living room like that's just like not a vibe yeah I totally believe you and that hell no was not to it this happening I'm sure that there are people who do that but I'm here to say I am so against that and do not stand for that but high school reunion all for it elementary school goodbye yeah all right I just feel like I just this is my last my last sentiment the thing that would prevent me from going to a high school reunion is if it's that like cringy in like a Marriott um ballroom like there's punch being served, like name tags, like that, like kind of vibe is not, it does, doesn't seem that fun. Okay. I think it is time we move on to our next question. Lily, please share with us your next question for round two. Okay. My second question is, do I, or have I ever had any birthmarks? Yes. Yes. Do I have to say what they are? Okay, because you both said the same thing, yes, you must elaborate. Okay, one that, I mean, listen, I feel that maybe I'm taking more of a liberal um, interpretation of birthmark, but for example, I know you have a chin, a chin beauty mark. So that for me is what's making me say yes. It's that specific one that, I, that comes to mind for me. Listen, I'm trying to do a full body mental scan x-ray of Lee's beautiful body, and I'm just not coming up with anything specific. So I'm going to change my answer to no, mostly just for fun, but I'm going to go with no, none. She has a beautiful, perfect body. No, no scars, no scrapes, no birthmarks, no moles, none, none of that. I do have a beautiful perfect body, so like I guess you're right in that way. But okay, the answer was yes. And Gigi, you're right about my chin. What I was thinking about, the reason I thought of this question was because I honestly don't even know if this is something that you guys know about me because this was pre-knowing you, is that I was born with a birthmark on my chest that has since faded, but it was a red heart and it was very cute and there's lots of photos of it. And maybe I'll post one on the Sophomore Citizens Instagram story because I'm sure everyone's curious. And was it um was it right side up or right side down? I have no idea. I kind of like something tells me that it was upside down, but maybe I'm totally wrong. Also, if if I didn't know you then, then I have no way of knowing. But there's something in my heart that feels like it was upside down, or I like mean, not perfectly right side up. 
Yeah, maybe it was. I, I honestly have no idea, but that was what I had in mind when writing this question because it was something that I wasn't even sure if you guys knew about me. But yes, my beauty mark um, on my perfect body does count as well. So yes, Gigi, you are awarded the point. Yay. Okay, beautiful. Now, my question is, what is the worst physical pain I have ever been in? Oh, gosh. I will say that I have two things in mind that I would accept as acceptable answers. And I'm pretty sure that both of you um, were present to at least I have, some portion. I have, I have my answer. Okay. It will be a knee-related lacrosse injury. Okay. Maybe it is the dislocation. Maybe it is just generalized injury because I know you had a few instances of knee injury in lacrosse. I honestly have no idea. I was going to say a foot or knee thing because I know that you experience pain in those areas, but I cannot cite the time or place that this pain happened. Okay, yes. So Gigi gets the point. When I dislocated my knee in the middle of a lacrosse game was one of the worst moments of pain of my entire life. But another answer that either of you could have said was when my wisdom teeth were growing in and ah. that was such an elongated um, saga of pain because, like, it was going on for, like, weeks. And I always had to have ice um, applied to my face. And I'm pretty sure that both of you girls experienced some of that. But, yes, yes. Gigi does get the point, which brings the score to two for Liesl, two for Gigi, and one for Lily. So it's a close race. And let's continue, Gigi. Sure. So this next question, I almost want to decide that Lily has to try and answer before Liesl. You can do um, that. I can do that? Yeah, okay, then, do that. I, then I'm going to then I'm gonna do that. When was the last time I had to be admitted to the hospital? When you thought that you had a blood clot after getting off a plane, but you didn't actually have the blood clot? Liesl? Yes, I can I can agree with that and let me just let me just process my brain and think and make sure. Yeah, that would be the most recent for sure. And that was around Christmas time, um December. Gigi thought she might have a blood clot and our aunt um especially I think stoked the flame there and just made Gigi think that she was going to like drop dead at any moment. Um so yeah, that were there was a trip to the ER. Yes. Um, so I will award points to each of you for this round because you both got it correct. Um, just to clarify, I had been on a very long flight from Barcelona to LA where I did not move around very much. And then I had this horrible cramp in my leg that was persisting for days, like no matter how much foam rolling, heating pad, like nothing was helping. And then it was my aunt, it was, as Liesl had mentioned, had said, oh, maybe it's a blood clot because if you're on a long flight, like that's very reasonable. And then I go to freaking urgent care and the doctor is immediately like, you need to go to the ER. Like I, we have reason to believe that this could be that. And then we go there, they do a ultrasound of my leg and it was all good. And funny enough, like the lady who did my ultrasound, we were just like chit-chatting and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to Scopa tonight for dinner. She's like, oh, I love Scopa. And then she's like, she's like, I know I'm not supposed to tell you anything, but like, I'm smiling. Meaning like she was, she was saying that like, I don't have the blood clot, but like she's 
technically not supposed to relay that information to me. It had to like come from the doctor or whatever, but I'm just now revisiting that memory and sharing with you both. So with that, I am ready for Lily's question of round three. Okay. There can be a few answers for this one. I have a definitive answer in my head um, and I'm also ready to get exposed in public. What is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me? Um, can I say an answer that maybe you wouldn't say is the most embarrassing, but like I, this is seared into my brain, which is this one instance when um, Lily and I were getting acai bowls and we happened to run into an extended family member of hers. And this is someone that she sees on a at least annual basis of, of extended family member for Thanksgiving. And she says hello to this family member. And this family member is like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> is, is, is the general vibe. And the moment was palpable when there was a silence of like, um, who are you? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then Lily, of course, has to be like, um, I'm Lily. I'm your extended family member. And he is so embarrassed. Lily is so <laughs> embarrassed. And so this may not be for you, what you consider to be most embarrassing, but like, to me, this has to be a standout moment. That was a great one. I was not thinking of that. If he were here, that would win as his most embarrassing moment, but please, <laughs> I want to hear yours and then I'll evaluate. No, Lily, you don't want to hear mine because I don't have one. I, I can't think of anything that I, I, I wish I could, but I can't. Okay. Um, so that was not what I had in mind. As I mentioned, I am debating whether or not I should share my most embarrassing moment. And I think I'm going to. Could you just give like maybe five words, three words, something just as, as short as you can to describe it? Why? Just to see like if a hint? we can guess it. Yeah. Yeah, give us a hint. It does involve Thanksgiving. So the person- Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Lily period blooded all over a chair at at that extended family member's house. Okay, wow. Related. But yeah, basically it was that I got my period at Thanksgiving. There was lots of blood on the chair. I don't think anyone saw other than my mom. We handled it. It was great. I was just going to go to the bathroom, fix the situation. Went to the bathroom. On my walk back from the restroom, my brother had spilled some Sprite on the ground. I did not see the Sprite on the ground. Slipped on the Sprite, which everyone was around trying to clean up. Um, Dress flew up. Everyone saw the issue that I was trying to conceal. Horrible, terrible moment. Um, And I was even more embarrassed than the man who forgot me. So, Gigi, you get the point. Now everyone knows this horrible, terrible story that has happened to me. And yes. Wow. You learn something new every day. Liesl, give us your round three question. Okay, wait, so was that a no points or does Gigi no, get the point? No, she, she just said I got the point. Oh, okay. Sorry. I um, spaced out for a second. Um, okay. So my question is, have I ever dyed my hair or wanted to dye my hair? Yes. You Liesl dyed has a purple n- streak. Oh. I was going to say Liesl no, that's actually very good of Lily. Lily deserves the point. I'm not even going to try and like stand up for myself here. But what I will say is I know, well, to me, Liesl has not dyed her hair, even though the purple strip is true. And we do not want to forget that. You do want to, you have wanted to dye your hair. You've been toying around with darker, with blonde, with whatever. So 
once again, Lily does get the point, but I did want to share my thoughts and feelings on this question. Yeah, I threw in the wanted to dye my hair section, just like in case both of you guys forgot about my purple streak, which was iconic in ninth grade. Um, I had a little purple streak. I thought I was so cool. And Lily, you get that point. All right, Gigi, we're going into round four. And guess what the score is. Even? Never believe it. Three to three to three. Completely even. Okay. So my next question is another one where I'm just really curious to hear what the answers are. And then I will award the point because there is no, for this one, I don't think that it's necessarily a, a right or wrong answer. And the question is, do I curse a lot? Okay. I will say no. And I think that I say that because relative to other people who I think curse a lot, you don't curse a lot. I think that you curse a very normal amount. Um, And I think that you just have moods and you kind of get into it a little bit more or you get out of it a little bit more. Um, But I think that generally um, you're not a huge cursor, huge potty mouth. I would say not really. All right. Thank you. I'm going to go with no as well. My reason for that is because I think that when you curse, you curse with purpose. So, well, maybe that's not infrequently. It's never just there. And those who curse a lot are those who it's just in the vocabulary. But for you, it's when it's going to convey the message in a more effective way or serve some kind of purpose. Okay. I would say you're both true and I would like to award points to both of you. Um, I will say, I I find that I do sometimes feel like I'm cursing more on the podcast than I maybe do in my regular life because I am very likely to use freak, like, oh, freaking, you know, or um, gosh, oh gosh, you know, rather than some sort of um, profanity. Nefarious term. Exactly. Um, but I, I agree with both of you that like relative to other people, probably not that much. It's really not that like integrated into my vocabulary. It really just is, you know, when it's feeling right. So that is why I'm giving points to both of you because I feel that you really did, um, assess the situation well, like from a collaborative standpoint, you know, you both had good answers. Now, Lily, please give us your next question. What is my biggest fear? Death. Being alone. Being alone. Being alone. Okay, Liesl. Death is the opposite. I not the opposite. You I mean, want to die. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let me go on this podcast and say I don't want to die. But I have made it a point to say that I'm not afraid to die. It doesn't really freak me out. Like it freaks many others out. Gigi wins on like an intellectual level. It is being alone. The answer that I thought people were gonna get because it's a little more surface level, but I love that we went deep is birds. Birds. Okay, Gigi, you definitely get the point. Um, and Liesl, you got the opposite of the point, but I won't take any points away from you. <laughs> okay. And we're, we're back to all tied up at 444 now. So the stakes are high. The pressure is on. Okay, so my uh, question is definitely a pretty insignificant one, but I'm curious to see how you girls answer. Do I like to put cups in the cupboard facing up or down 
This is a very interesting question. I would say you facing up, like the way that you want to drink it is the way that you put it in, in the cabinet. I say the same because I know that that's how your cabinets are at your house, but like I know that you also don't own the home, so I don't know whether that's your decision or someone else's. I'm not sure. All right. Well, I guess both of you girls get a point. Um, that didn't end up being the most interesting question. But well, I, no, I, I do have... think it's an I I do think it's an interesting question. It's just unfortunately like not that difficult. Because obviously, you know, we're all familiar with the way that things are run at the home. Um, but so I think that I think that that the thing is that I would like to say about this topic is I have considered um, putting some cups upside down. And you girls are not 100% correct that in our family home, there is one cabinet where some of the cups are upside down um, in the glassware cabinet weirdly enough some of our cups we put upside down but i have considered the pros and cons of both facing up and facing down like you know presumably like if you leave it facing up some bugs or creepy crawlies or dirt or debris could come into your cup and you are preventing that by by storing it upside down and like if it's residually like wet or anything maybe you could you know, store it upside down. But what always stops me from doing that is that I don't trust that my cabinets are that clean, that I would want the part where I put my mouth on to be having direct contact with that. That is kind of just gross. Lizzo, I'm so glad you brought this up because we had this exact discussion in my apartment um, because we do our cups upside down and someone commented like the, the cabinet is not clean. And then we talked about the bugs, like you hit the nail on the head. We had this exact conversation. And so I understand the dilemma. Okay, and now going into our final round, the score is Lily 5, Gigi 5, and Liesl 4. So I have some catching up to do. Let's see. All right, so we have this final round plus a bonus question. Yes? I don't have a bonus question. Okay, well, I have- We can address that. We can address that later. Okay. My final question is, do I let my hair air dry or do I use a blow dryer? Air dry. Okay, I am going to say that Gigi is a very low maintenance gal. She's very chill, she's very relaxed. So yes, the majority of the time she would air dry um i have hung out with her on a number of occasions with wet hair but i think that some people might be surprised to know that she does enjoy um having blown dry hair um she finds it very luxurious very nice very silky very smooth very straight and Gigi is so lucky and privileged to have the texture of hair where she can blow dry it and it will pretty much look amazing um unlike myself um and so basically my answer is that most of the time yes you'll let your hair air dry but um let's not overlook the other side of the coin yeah okay so you're both correct but i will award the point to liesel for going the extra mile because she did really get to that level of detail to to know that it, there is such a special place in my heart for that luxurious, amazing feeling of having your hair be like salon done, you know? 
um, like for me, that just, it elevates my confidence and my look to the max. Like I feel like such a, I feel like a superstar when I have my hair done. Um, but with that being said, I usually do air dry. Another distinction I would have awarded points to is when my hair is long or longer, I air dry. When my hair is shorter, I'm more likely to blow dry because it's first of all, a lot easier and like just not that um, labor intensive. And the other thing is also like when my hair is longer, I think it looks nicer air dry. Whereas when it's shorter, it can dry weird and look weird. So that's the other, you know, level of detail that I would have accepted. But yes, good work to both of you. Liesl, you get the point. Lily, I'm ready for your next question. Okay, so I will admit that I have no idea what the answer to this question is. And I'm very curious to know what you guys think. I will mm-hmm. award points as I see fit. I will also just say, I know this is a tough question. I don't know how to answer it for myself. It is also very broad. What is the weirdest thing about me? Okay, what I will say, here's my answer. I think that Lily is as weird as the people she is with. I think that Lily is a great social chameleon in that she can read the room and kind of gauge, you know, how weird are we being at the moment? And if everyone else in the room is being extremely weird, she will mimic that, she will mirror that, and she will top that. Like she, if if it's time to be weird, she's going to be the weirdest of them all. But if it's time to be normal, like she will be so normal, so polite, just like, you know, killing, killing the manners game. Um, so I would say that Lily is only as weird as, um, the people she surrounds herself with, um, at any given moment. Like, for example, I would say that probably my weirdest quality is my enjoyment of pronouncing things wrong, um, or having a weird accent, talking weird would be probably my number one. And when Lily is around me, she can do it even better than I can. She can come up with the weirdest words, the best phrases, and has the most beautiful accent. So that's, that's my answer, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like with a little more time, I could come up with like what the answer is. But I think Lily, in a lot of ways, has some pretty um, out there, edgy, hot takes on things. She, I, I don't want to go as far as to say that Lily is a contrarian, but like she, it is not rare that Lily takes like the opposite opinion to the majority. And we've talked about this specific quality about Lily on the podcast before, and I'm going to label what is most weird, what is weirdest about Lily is this relationship that she has with mayo and other white creamy foods and and the way that it does not follow is science it does not follow any rhyme or reason it is based solely on her personal feelings you know and so we have yet to crack the code on it but she feels so passionately about this dislike for certain white creamy foods and so i think what makes it weird is trying to explain it to other people they're like i don't even know how to like understand what the rules are for this dislike when it's not uniform it's not clear-cut how do I make sense of it may I counter sure 
I think that it's actually pretty normal for people to have a selective dislike of things like mayonnaise and white creamy substances for no reason. Like people just hate on mayo for like no reason. Um, and Lily's one of them. So I think that's actually one of the most normal qualities about her. And what I will add on top of my answer is something really weird that just popped in my head about Lily is that she's a floor person. She really enjoys spending her time on the floor. And I would say that's pretty weird. Listen, I want to rebuttal Liesl's counter um, because she's, she's, she's straw manning my argument. She's completely <laughs> oversimplifying it. It is not just boiling down to the mayo. It is that there is no rhyme and reason, rhyme or reason to these likes and dislikes because she likes cottage cheese. She likes whipped cream, but she does not like Alfredo. She does not like mayo. So there's just no, there's no understanding it. Whereas it is, it is a normal thing for people to hate on mayo, but it's not just that. And it is this, it is the, the complexities of Lily's relationship with these white substances that, <laughs> that make it so weird. Wow. Okay. So those were two beautiful thesis statements backed by evidence, examples, persuasive verbiage. I am impressed. You both get a point. I think Gigi your contrarian comment i identify with that quite a lot i thought you were going to go for like a warm car something well, like see, that but that's, there's the the number of things the humidity the warm car there's so many things that you take a, a different stance on than the, yes. than the average person had you left out the contrarian comment, you would not have gotten a point because I agree with Liesl. I think disliking mayo and the inconsistencies of food is pretty standard, but I, I do think that my ability to think about the other side or think about things that are not standard is a big part of my life. Liesl, all of your points, you get, you both get the point, but like Liesl, you get a stronger point um, because you had lots of great things to say and thank you so much for entertaining this question because I had a lot of fun listening to your answers. Okay so now this will be the final question of the main game um, aside from any bonus questions or rounds that we may do. The current score by the way is five Lily and six to both me and Gigi. Um, so my question is do I have any favorite or least favorite athletes, sports teams, anything of the like? Feel free to name or list as many people, sports, figures, ideas as you like to try to win the point because I will be giving one point because this is the final question. Okay, so I know Liesl likes um, Rondo, who used to be on the Celtics, is now on the Lakers. I don't know if her allegiance to him has traveled from the Celtics to the Lakers. I know she has a lot of dislike for LeBron James because of his showboat-like behaviors and just overall arrogance, though he is a Brentwood person, so we got to give him a little love for that. Um, I know who else... Teams. I don't think Liesl feels particularly strongly about football. Um, when it comes to baseball, which I also don't think she feels that strongly about, 
I would think maybe her allegiance lies with the Yankees because she has a Yankee hat. You know, she did go to school in New York, so there's that. I also think, I think Liesl, um likes, I think her name is um, Lisa Leslie from the Sparks. <laughs> Um, she's just an icon from our childhood in my mind. Um, and Liesl and I would also play backyard basketball as kids. And there was Yao Ming, there was Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, oh, um, who's that guy? Oh, oh, Kukoc, Kukoc from, um, from the Bulls. Um, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, The Last Dance is on the Brain. So I'm, I'm now rambling and I'll, I guess, cut my answer off there. Okay, I'm going to admit that I have no idea, so I'm just going to try on this one. So, I don't think that Liesl particularly loves the Celtics because of anything she's done, but I know that Gigi wears a Celtics shirt a lot, and having family from Massachusetts, I'm going to go with her favorite basketball team is the Celtics. Um, I've been to a Dodger game with Liesl, so I'm going to say in the baseball department, her favorite baseball team is the Dodgers because she loves LA and going to Dodger games. I know Liesl to really like tennis, backyard tennis, and I know Liesl to love a strong female, so that's going to lead me to say Serena Williams is her favorite tennis player. Um, Anyone else who plays tennis that is a woman, I can't really think of anyone else. Obviously, Venus and Serena, but I can't really think of anyone else. And yes, that is my answer. Okay, so... um unfortunately i'm i'm sad that this was the last question that we landed on because i do think that this question was skewed heavily in favor of Gigi, having watched a lot more sports with me um and obviously my favorite athlete is rajan rondo um specifically his celtics era but i continue to enjoy watching him play um and i i really enjoy watching basketball in general And my least favorite um, athlete is LeBron James. I really just cannot stand him. I think he's so arrogant, so cocky, so annoying. And just like, just when I watch him go down the court, I just like don't even get excited. I just get angry in my soul. And Gigi, um, the Yankees are not my favorite. I do have a Yankees hat, but that is more in support of New York than it is in, in favor of the Yankees. And Lily, I would say that the Dodgers probably are my favorite basketball team. I mean, baseball team. So with that, unfortunately, I do have to award the point to Gigi because she did just get a little bit more right. Um, and yeah, Serena and Venus are cool, but um, <laughs> they're not. But Lisa Leslie, though. <laughs> but Lisa Leslie is cooler. <laughs> also, like, I just am so, like, Lisa Leslie kind of sounds like Liesl. Like, if you right. say it really fast, like, Lisa Leslie, like, it kind of sounds like there's, like, a Liesl in there. So, of course, I have to like that. So that brings our final score, Gigi being the winner with seven points. I took second place with six points. Lily took third place with five points. Well, I have my bonus question. And now we have the bonus round, um, which I guess here, we can just say that Gigi's bonus question, whoever between me and Lily who gets this um, gets second place. Okay. It will, and this is just for, for bonus. And it, it is kind of good that it worked out that I was the winner. So I'm giving you guys this extra question is just an extra fun thing. Do I believe in life after death? No, I don't think so. Yes. 
I do think so. Lily gets the point. Yay. But now, now aren't you guys tied? Yeah, now we're technically tied. So I, I like that symmetry personally. And the thing is, this is a question that I don't necessarily like have the answer to. Um, but if I had to choose, it would be no. But also there is a small part of me that is like, yes. So Liesl, you're not wrong. Lily, you're not wrong. There is no correct answer, but I thought that'd be kind of a fun one. Okay, well, I have a bonus that I can throw out now that Liesl and I are tied. And if Liesl gets it, she can take the second place spot. And Gigi, if you get it, I'll take the second place spot if we think that's fair. Okay. Okay. Am I the type of person who wakes up before my alarm, right when my alarm goes off, or do I snooze it multiple times? Snooze it multiple times. Mm, I want to say, Lily, I don't think that she routinely, like every time, wakes up before her alarm, but I know that Lily kind of likes when she wakes up a little bit before her alarm and gets to be like, oh, I'm going to take the last few minutes that I have before my alarm actually goes off. Okay, in terms of the answer, you're both wrong because I'm very good at right when my alarm goes off, I immediately get out of bed. I'm very good at that. But if I had to award a point, I would say Gigi because one of my favorite things is when I wake up either in the middle of the night or like an hour before my alarm and you don't actually have to wake up. But the true answer to that question was the opposite of Liesl's answer. I never snooze my alarm but I also like don't typically wake up before because I like sleeping in and I'm very good at just waking up to my alarm and getting out of bed. All right. Well, I have had so much fun playing this wonderful game with you both. And now it is time for some recommendations. I have a couple of viewing recommendations this week. Um, both of which were kind of school related, but like enjoyable nonetheless. Two Netflix documentaries, both from this year, both interesting in very different ways. The Social Dilemma, I know this is a movie or a documentary that a lot of people have seen because it has been, you know, just getting some attention lately, but I do think it is important, good viewing. We even spoke in a recent episode about turning notifications off and how powerful that is. And like one of the big things that they say towards the end is like all of these tech executives talking about the addictive nature of like the way that these apps are created. They're like, don't have your notifications on because that is them implanting a thought or a decision in you that you did not already have. You did not already want to go do that thing. It is no longer a tool that is there for you to use. It is demanding your attention. It is demanding something from you. So I just thought that that is an interesting documentary that I do recommend people watch, especially because even if you think like, oh, I already know all of this, like, I already know it. It's like, I really do think that with a problem like this that is so pervasive, like, it is important that we continue to remind ourselves, like, social media really be doing things and both good and bad, but like, we got to be thinking about it. The other documentary that I watched- May I, may I yes. make a comment? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so- I am so anti-notification and the one portal that I do allow notifications pretty adamantly is email because I like to just be up to date on what my what's going on in my email and I don't like to just check my email and have like a million emails. I'd rather be kept aware throughout the whole day um, and Facebook, the sneaky devil that it is, 
I do not have the Facebook app. I don't even know if I still have the messenger app on my phone. Um, I'm really anti-Facebook and the way that Facebook has now decided to creep into my life is by sending me constant emails that I get notifications on my phone for that are like, Stephanie Smith posted an update. Um, Jeremy Renner posted a link. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I they, don't care they, that someone posted a link. Like, that's literally what they're emailing me to tell me. Yeah, no, they talk about that in the documentary. And, and I, I, I tried to unsubscribe, but I couldn't remember my Facebook password. And it wouldn't let me unsubscribe from these stupid emails. So literally probably five times a day, I check my phone. And guess what it is? It's an email from Facebook. Gigi Staubitz checked in. I don't care. <laughs> yes, Liesl, I can completely agree with this frustration and this is all discussed in Social Dilemma. So I do recommend that as some good viewing. Other good viewing, another documentary on a completely different note is called My Octopus Teacher. It is about a man. He is a diver in, uh, I think he's from New Zealand actually, and he basically like befriends this little octopus who has like a year to live and he goes and dives every single day and like basically forms a friendship with this octopus and when I was told about this prior to watching it I was like what constitutes friendship with an octopus and it's like basically it began to like physically non-verbally you know obviously like reach out and communicate that it wanted to like hang out with this guy like it would attach itself to him and it would also remember him and follow him around so like on some intellectual level as well these two beings were were forming a bond and it is just a really lovely documentary i think that it's very powerful it is very beautiful and like the nature the he likes to call it like the ocean forest and he was even saying that like he feels like he is flying in a forest when he is diving in the ocean. And I'm like, that's an interesting way of thinking about it because you basically are flying. Like when else can you fly through all of this wildlife and stuff, you know? So I recommend either slash both of those documentaries on Netflix. Um, my recommendation for this week is a podcast called This Is Love. This is a podcast that has existed for quite some time that I listen to because the makers of it are from my favorite podcast of all time called Criminal on the Note of True Crime. Um, and it is a podcast about sacrifice and obsession and all things that are related to love and they just came out with their newest season. And it specifically relates back to Gigi's story about the octopus because one of the episodes in, I think it's the first season, but it might be the second season, is about a woman who develops a relationship with a whale and the story of their quote-unquote love. But basically, this entire podcast takes a really cool approach on love and tells true stories about things of the sort and love in a really unique way from a really cool perspective. And I highly recommend it. And it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. It's called This Is Love. And yes. Well, thank you for listening to Sophomore Citizens, the podcast by young people for young people with new episodes every Monday. So we'll see you wise babies then. And don't forget to check out our Instagram and TikTok at Sophomore Citizens and make sure to leave a five-star review.